This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Broder. Well, pack it up. Sky's falling and everything. Leafs are just a write-off now, right? Parade's over. It's over. Parade is over. Just Season's done. All. Season's done. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, an unfortunate loss in overtime to Florida. And Leafs played a good first period and a good third period. I think the second is where a couple, uh, I mean, obviously it's where the two goals came from, but, you know, things started to let up, let up a bit, and uh, that was the end of it. So, welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe, joined again by the entire team. We got Steph, the fanalist. We got Sutty. We got Beaner. And Darty Bro Durr. See, when you start the show with us, Darty, I don't get to play your theme song. You know what? This is your own damn fault, though, because you were doing dishes. You can ask every one of these people. I showed up late. I was not on time. I was expecting. I was. I didn't start the game on time. All right, fellas. I was expecting to come on casually late, and then you screwed me by doing the dishes. All right. So everybody, if you comment on the Twitter, comment oh, in the sorry. Discord, tell Johnny do your dishes on time, so I can be late. Yeah, Johnny, uh, the union break is only 10 minutes after the game. You took about 24, so we have to deduct some of that. Sorry. Was it that long? I'm I'm so sorry. I got to join your local. the end of the uh, Montreal-Ottawa game to see yeah. uh, Montreal lose again. <laughs> Man, they outshot Ottawa. I'm rounding, but it was around 50 to 25, and they lost Ooh. 6 to 4. Damn. Price was in there too, eh? Yeah, he made a couple good saves in the end that I watched, but clearly uh, let a couple stinkers in. He's not in a game form yet. Anyway. This isn't Habs anyway. late night, right? This is Leafs late night, not, not <laughs> LLN, not HLN. Yeah. Or I guess our NLH, would it be? I don't know. I'll, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. It'd be a rough year. So, Leaf game. Let's break it down. Um, I listened to the first period. Thank you, Joe Bowen. I was late getting home on this one. I was cooking during the second, so I'll let you guys take the uh, the beginning of the game here. So who wants to start us off? Well, we know that the Florida Panthers are the best at home. The Leafs are the best on the road. So we wanted to bounce back after a, you know, brutal loss, 8-1 to one against uh, Tampa. And tonight, the Leafs started on time. They played a very nice defensive game in the first period anyway um i thought both teams were solid to start but marner opens up the scoring 35th of the year all credit to brody though as well because this guy just shoots it down into the zone pinpoints the perfect spot on the backboard to bounce it off straight on marner's stick who one times it straight past bobrovsky Ooh, baby that was so nice Beautiful. I saw the replay on that. What an old school pass from Brody too. He picked up an assist on both of the uh, the Leaf goals tonight. So good night for him. And Riley also picking up an assist on that fifth one or the first one there with his fifty sixth assist on the season. That is wild. Really Good year for uh, everybody wow. on the team. Yeah. 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 That was a great play by Brody though. Really smart just to dump it in. He knew that Marner was coming down fast on the wing, and good for Marner to shoot it like that. Usually he's a little cheekier with the puck coming off the half wing. But yeah, you just buried that right under Bravosky's right arm. Yeah, I'm so glad that he took that shot. This is what we've always been asking of Marner is to take that quick shot. And it 
completely paid off. Oh my god! And I honestly, the first time around, I thought the puck winded around the boards, but no, perfect bank, straight on Marner's stick, like I said, and in. So obviously, we had really good feeling to start off the game. You know, especially the highest scoring team, the Florida Panthers. We score first on them, so good start. Absolutely good start, and it came from Mitch Marner and uh magic mitch we had austin yeah magic mitch but uh the big story of the night was we had austin matthews back in the lineup tonight poppy who unfortunately didn't score but had seven shots on goal was uh really looking for it but hey it always takes him you know whether it's a period or a couple it always takes him a little bit to get back i'm sure he'll score a couple more before the season's he had done. a nice little hooking call there too <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> nice one yeah but, um, you know, Keith told Matthews, uh, if you want to sit, because we know there's a game tomorrow, you can sit. But he really wanted to play tonight, apparently. And I guess remembers that 7-6 loss last time against Florida. And I'm so glad he played because even in the first period, it seemed like the puck was on his stick like a magnet. This guy, you just, you definitely miss him because... I don't know. He's just so smooth. I can't even explain the way he moves the puck. It's just confidence. Just oozes confidence. Yeah. 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 The whole dynamic of the team changes when he's in the lineup too. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, despite the loss is that he looked really good tonight. So if you had any concerns about his injury, maybe we can kind of put that to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another, unfortunately. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, not only did he look good, but the line that got thrown together with him and Marner and Nylander looked great as well. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get to here is unfortunately, Bunting went down with an injury. I missed it. It was just before I got home. What happened? It's tough to say, really. Sorry, Steph. There was uh, two two separate plays. The one looked like he got uh, pucked to the mouth, and then the other one, he just kind of went down awkward behind the boards or behind the net. And I don't know if it was his knee or something, but he was shaking his leg as he like kind of swinging it in the air as he was getting off to the bench, almost like he was trying to knock a Charlie horse loose or something. But um, a report just now from Mark Masters doesn't look good. Um, Sheldon Keefe was asked about bunting and said, quote, he's going to miss some time for sure. I don't know how much, but he's going to miss some time. Yeah, that's not good. No. Yeah. And thank you, Mike, uh, at Mike the Fanatic, for also sending me that report just before we hopped on here. To me, it seemed like he got a puck to the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably squished his leg along the boards as well. It was messy. It was so fast as well. Like, um, I didn't see the replay until the intermission, and this happened pretty early into the period. So I spent majority of the period just wondering what's going on. Was it an equipment thing, or you know? But yeah, really hope he gets back by game one, of course. Yeah, fingers crossed there, because Munting is a massive part of this first line. I mean, I know he's not the biggest or even the second biggest, but it, the chemistry that they've built is really important to uh, the production that Matthews and Marner put together. So. He's just a surprisingly huge personality, too, for someone that's in his, like, what, first year with the Leafs? Like, usually it yep. takes a lot of these guys some time to kind of um, get out of their shell and he just kind of came in and became, and he's this like, you know, dynamo, like absolutely nobody expected him to be this way. So I, if, if he loses like a lot of games from this, like give him the call there. Cause like 
I'm sorry, but like his, his contributions to this team alone in his, like just being thrown in, you know, I know people say he's playing with Matthew, he's playing with Marner. It's like, there's not a lot of people who can play with guys like that. All right. Like, <laughs> like look at everybody that's tried to play with uh, McDavid. It's not, it's easier said than done. Right. <laughs> like losing him on the first no, line. Exactly. Didn't didn't pick for him sure. up to... Go ahead, John. Oh no, sorry. It's hard. Savi, you're uh, I can't see your camera, unfortunately. Um, oh. So it's great because bunting wasn't brought in to be on the first line. So the fact that he's fought his way up there and then, you know, now that he's gone, it's like, it, it was almost immediately evident just in the in this game alone so hopefully he comes back before the playoffs start or at least a game or two in it's not extended time he's out yeah that's for sure but uh speaking of games someone i did not expect to play tonight kyle clifford thought he was going to get a game after the last you know boop on the head of glory perry (laughs) the bonk but he played and he was toe-to-toe with the goodest tonight uh, they went at it a couple times, but I have to say I'm very impressed that he was so calm and didn't even budge when Cliff or uh, Gudis challenged him and even like chest bumped him like a gorilla <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, shoved him a little. And um, good thing was uh, Gudis got called for interference later on in the period. But yeah, just I'm happy he didn't go buck wild and just swing his stick in the air and <laughs> cause more drama. <laughs> I guess he got shit on, eh? Gudis Clifford actually a had a good first period. Yeah, he had a great first period. He led some really good looks there. Oh, no, he did. Sorry uh, for talking over there. Again, it's just a little bit of lag there. Um, Gudis is such a monster. They showed a stat where he's got 4.7 or something hits a game. He's like tied for fifth all time. In hits per game, that's wild. He's got over three hundred and fifty, and this is why I have him on all of my fantasy fantasy teams except for one. And one of my fantasy teams' name is actually uh, as good as it, as it gets. So nice. that's pretty rad. Shout out, <clears throat> yeah. But hey, the... we got to move on. Yeah, oh, number three picking up his third of the year. Whoop, whoop. Man that we throw the most shade at, Justin Hall, with a little floating saucer over to the net, hoping that he could find, uh, I forget who it was in front of the net there, but a uh, nice play from Kampf to set him up, brings it through the middle, and uh, it goes off of Gudis's stick and then off of his foot and into the net, so thank you, Gudis. Yeah, uh, Hall was trying to find Engvall on the doorstep with a, you know, shot tipping in, Engvall, but right. that shot just powered straight by everyone hit off Gudis and in and he was even surprised you know but hey gotta love the huge point shot especially when you're shooting a 90 plus mile hour puck you have a good chance so why not take that's what shot? five five points in his last eight games for Hall at least Ooh, we know maybe. that uh considering he can't play defense maybe he can fill in on the fourth line if someone gets hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah might as well. I'm but. sorry. I still dislike the guy. <laughs> but this period, shots ended 13-8 to 8 for the Leafs. Everything was looking pretty good. I, I mean, we ended the period um, going on the power play, but then Matthews takes a hooking call on Forrest Lang, unfortunately, which, I mean, set the tone for the rest of the game. It, it felt like the refs wanted to say, hey, okay, I realized this was a weak hook, but this isn't going to go out of hand like it has in the past. 
Um, wondering what you guys thought about that. It was a, a borderline call, but he definitely got his stick under the hands as he was trying to lift up his stick for the first time. So if they couldn't call that early in the game and they call it all game, then that's fine. The refs are setting the tone for it, and it kind of seemed like they stuck with it, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, when I heard it was Graham Skilleter again, I was like, oh, Beaner, we got to talk about this. Beaner's favorite. <laughs> going to get out of hand again. <laughs> Same ref from the Tampa game, but... Uh, and Wes McCauley, too. Wes McCauley. Yep. He was the other one there who's... Uh, I mean, known for being pretty good, I guess. Just a little bit of a showman with his uh, with his calls. The boy seemed to so, it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that evened out, and we had a better called game, but there's still some some missed things and some overcalled things. But it's the NHL. Yep. To touch on the first period, I thought JT had a really good first period. He had three great chances. I thought for sure he was going to bury at least one of them. Too bad he didn't have. You know, the rest of the game wasn't as good as the first for him, though. Yeah, I think he had a good uh, good OT though. That one chance that he got, but he did. Yeah, he got rocked by Akari in the first period as well. But right after, I appreciated that I saw three different Leafs smother Listerinen oh, yeah. into the boards. <laughs> And I was like, okay, like we realized that we can't play a loosey-goosey game right now and the Leafs are going to stand up for their teammates. So, yeah, let's let's continue and continue pushing. But then we get to the second period and uh, it gets a little loose. Yeah, so this is the one where arguably I missed the most of. I was cooking dinner during the second period. So Good boy. what happened here, Steph? <laughs> well, you know, when um, Florida started on the on the power play i believe and riley had a good chance he i believe he had a almost breakaway chance and outdid himself too much time trying to get way too fancy i honestly thought the puck was in until you know the guys just started rushing the other way i was like oh shit that didn't go in (laughs) but yeah so uh, Barkov making it two to one with his 39th of the season. Man, they score so many goals. I, mean, I heard the stat today. They became the highest scoring team in the post salary cap era. So that's just a crazy milestone for this team. Wow. That play was all Marchment too. Like he split the D. He was fucking cruising down there. Nice play. The rebound came out and yeah, Barkov buried it. I don't think Jack really had much of a chance on that one. No, that's uh, ex-Leaf Mason Marchment, by the way. As much as Hall did very well in the first, this was kind of on him because he got stripped of that puck. Yeah, by Marchment. And I appreciate him trying to pinch down the the walls, but you got to keep possession in order to do that. And if you're unable to turn around the other way as a defender, then it's not going to work. So, yeah, Marchment just storming through like you said study and no chance by campbell uh he made an aggressive first save which just created a hot and ready pizza straight on bart barkov's stick he also has to realize who's covering him like you can't have kneelander on the point that guy is not known for being defensively responsible Mm, no so uh... (laughs) i think he's actually known for being defensively irresponsible exactly I have a quick question for you folks. Um, who the hell is Maxim Memin? Mamin? Maxim Maxim? The I, man so nice they I named him twice? I was asking the same thing. When I heard his name, I was like, there's a couple guys on Florida who I've literally never heard of that are playing. Is he like a ringer that they hired? Like, just fully roided. <laughs> Saw him in the beer league and brought him up. <laughs> 
He wears 98 too. Like it's a pretty beauty number. He's, he's been there for a couple years. He's 27 years old. Um, but before this year, he never had more than four points in a season. So kind of a, a, a journeyman who's been trying to work his way up into the roster full time. Gotcha. And with a season like this, that's got to be really hard to break through. He's yeah. given Blackwell a hard time, I saw. I heard his name a lot tonight, actually, Darty, now that you mention it. Uh, but yeah, just a guy, like you said, uh, kind of like Marchman in a sense with the Marlies. And I'm only bringing it up because I know Twitter right now is just going to go on and on and on about Marchman. And it's just frustrating to hear because if you actually look at what happened in the past marchment was with the marley's from 2015 to 2019 and the first two years he only combined for nine games played at the time he was sent down to the echl in 2016 2017 and last year he only had 10 points in 33 games so this year has has been his first breakout season with 46 points in 53 games um He's not the guy that we let go and the worst trade in the world from Dubis. It's just at the time, he was not relevant for the Leafs. So, yeah, he's your typical late bloomer. And I feel the hate for him is kind of irrational. You should just be happy for the guy. He's found his home and he's actually doing, yes, you know, good in his career now. Yeah. We're so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. You love to see Leafs, uh, former Leafs succeed right and grow and blossom into these awesome players but right now and you know he's face he's still Not in the Eastern conference but yeah so <laughs> I, I, I could tell johnny wants to move on so uh to move on to the next <laughs> point um darty screwed up huge tonight because i trusted yahoo to have my back and you know how they didn't have my back johnny who scored the next goal <laughs> who is not playing for me tonight <laughs> oh no yes they bet i i automatically picked it they benched Giroux for strom all right so i got Oof. i got absolutely bent over and just like you know <laughs> spanked <laughs> like i was a <laughs> it's it's really funny that you say that because i was gonna compare mason marchment playing well after being traded to florida as the same as when you bench a player and they score it's like damn it i I'm glad you scored, but I didn't want you to when I didn't want you to score because I purposely put you on the bench. <laughs> like me with Nico Heischer tonight, who also scored. Well, just Jeru screwed me the past couple of games. So I was like, you know what? Like, I wasn't going to go out of my way to unbench him. And yeah, like, uh, Guy had a great game tonight, of course, against the Leafs. Of course, against of course. the Leafs, right? Always. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> but um, yeah, this... This Florida power play, you know it's deadly. We we spoke about it before. They have, what, four out of the top five draft picks from the 2014 draft or 2013 draft, whatever it is. <laughs> like, um, Brody. They're stacked because they were bad for so long. Yeah, yeah. And Brody had no choice but to hook Huberto on this uh, on this call or else Huberto might, might have been the one to score, so... I thought it was a good penalty to take. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was either a goal now or a goal on the power play. Well, really. take your and chances on the penalty kill, yeah. Exactly, right? Why not? But, uh, so It's been a while uh, since we've had the power leaves. kill, though. Has it not been, Johnny? 
Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like since we gave them the name and started recognizing how great they're doing, they immediately stopped being dangerous on the penalty kill. I don't know what happened. It's a little mm. bit frustrating, but um, so really, first period was all Leafs. Second period was all Florida. Third period, Darty. What did you want to say before we move on? No, no, I was just trying to like you know bring that opposite juju because obviously we put focused attention onto it. So I was just like, the penalty kill sucks. Leafs are terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Their penalty kills awful. They never score on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, third period was the most back and forth one. I mean, I've, it's the one that I watched the most of, to be completely fair. But that uh, I think it was about two or three minutes where it was just rush back and forth and back and forth. That was some exciting hockey, I have to say. Exciting, but anxiety felt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and... It's like, it, it's not your team is doing well and their team is doing well. It's both of them are turning it over like crazy and creating odd man rushes back and forth. Like it's, it's anxiety hockey. These are the two top offensive teams just going back and forth. Like it was ping pong hockey in the third and it was really exciting to watch. Yeah. Especially when they're tied at two and you know, it's been such a close game. Actually, I ran a poll before the game started on what people thought the outcome would be, especially after uh, the blowout game from Tampa. And they're just asking like if people are over it yet or, uh, what they thought it would be with Matthews back. So just want to read the results out here. So 64% said Maddie's back, big W. But I have to uh, give credit to the second highest voted one at 14%, which was close game, still lose. So you guys were right. <laughs> and we were talking about that earlier. Is that like, 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 what are we going to say about this game, right? Like, obviously, because we're Leafs Nation, and I think we're a little bit more neutral than most uh um fans but i can i've listened to these podcasts over i've been a homer we've all been homers too it's uh it's it's it obviously sucks to lose right like it'd be really nice especially after that tampa slugfest to win this game but like you know, we're talking about the third period right now like there's a lot of good effort there and i'd much rather see this kind of third period than whatever the hell we saw in tampa like this is yep. not much nicer hockey to watch would you not agree <laughs> Oh yeah, they they definitely were playing a full sixty minutes instead of checking out after the the fourth goal there that they didn't challenge. So it was definitely a, a better game to watch. And Matthews is back, so that's automatically better. I think one thing that was automatically better too was having Campbell in net. The guys oh, were yeah. just so much more confident in front of them, like they were willing to take chances, and they knew that they had a backstop that could actually back them up on those chances. It makes a huge yeah. difference. And what about Marner with that sliding TJ oh. block, man? Got to give him credit for that. That was awesome. Yeah. It, I it definitely... just shows. Sorry, Steph, go ahead. Uh, I was uh, going to say, I definitely predicted that this game was going to start really defensively sound and just get loose as time goes on. I think that really got away in the, in the third period. I mean, like Sadi said, ping pong back and forth. But at the same time, I noticed the guys led they kind of stopped that you know after the eight minute mark and realized okay if florida quickly sinks one we're going to quickly be down by one it's going to be even harder to come back to this and they slowed the game down a little and realized they couldn't do that and it's not that it's not going to be like that in the playoffs and i realize it's even even going into the third but they can't play like okay next goal wins first one to do it you know as as fast as you can it's just so dangerous but yeah unfortunate in the ot yeah so uh anything else we want to cover before the we move on to overtime there are no penalties so 
Um, I guess what I was going to cover kind of blends into overtime is that like the one thing I noticed was um, I can't remember which episode I said this on. So I don't know if it was last episode or a couple of episodes ago, episodes ago, but I did say the Leafs were kind of going to go on a bit of a slide. And um, the one you did, pardon? You did last episode. It was the last yeah. episode. Okay, so I'm not that much of a prognosticator then. <laughs> I thought if <laughs> I thought if I called it before the Tampa game, then it would have made more sense. But no, um, now now looking at, uh, I love to look at like the box scores, play by plays, and at, all, at the same time too, like from what I saw on the ice there. If only someone could just change William Nylander's accuracy, like up by like one or two more points. All right, because like the guy's got all these good looks, he's got good shots, and even when he doesn't have a good look, he's still taking the shots. I think if he is going to have a comeback, like I hope because he's missed so many shots, um, like he's just whiffed on them, especially at the end there uh, in the OT. Um, yeah. I would like to see him come back and have a bloody hat trick like next like next game. And I think next game is the game to do it too. So, Yeah, and he's been able to turn it on in the playoffs. We saw it last year. So if he can pull that out again, I mentioned this to, somebody, to uh, Simon Nomas. We were having a conversation during the game. Um, about the question of, I won't get into it, but it's about trading Nylander. But I said, you know what? I'll give up caring about all of these games where he hasn't tried. Like, they all go out the window if he pulls out the same shit in the playoffs that he did last year. Like, if For he sure. flips it on and he's just saving it all, if he just knows, like, in his head, like, none of these games matter. I need to be ready for the playoffs. That's all he's doing. Fine. If that's your game, cool. You don't make 10 plus million dollars. You can do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Sadi, go ahead. Uh, one thing I'd like to take away before we go into OT is that Mikheyev had his little wrestling fight in the second period. And I thought that's kind of indicative of this team kind of stepping out of their comfort zone. So if you see more players starting to do that, one you know, when they're not down six nothing against Tampa or whatever, that's a huge sign for them. I... Yeah, I think that's something that we haven't given this team enough credit for is we've complained so much about, you know, nobody's physical, nobody's answering to things, but they've really stepped that up in the last couple of months and it's kind of gone underrated, to be honest. Yeah. Steph, go ahead. Didn't uh, Marner lead the team with hits in March, right? Like it's these guys yeah. where you <laughs> would never inspect. Uh, I mean, no one in this universe or any universe had money on Mikheyev being in a fight tonight and if you did please reach out to us <laughs> i really want to see the odds on that <laughs> but no chat. one yeah and you obviously bennett sure of course this guy he's he's a heavy hitter mikhaev and an aggressive little tumble like the refs had to break it up it wasn't just a Good little shoving match like this guy uh he was the first one to just shake the gloves off, it seemed, because he was the one who laid it into Bennett, who got crushed by JT at the same time. And then Bennett's like, oh, fuck you, and grabs the jersey. And McKay's like, okay, let's go, bud. Remember that I'm Russian. Yeah, little and things like next. that. Like, <laughs> they really, really resonate through the dressing room. So if you're doing that with a couple of games going into the playoffs, that's contagious. And we really, really need that right now. And uh, hands down. I know you guys are going to, like, after I say this, like, look at me like, are you like what what happened? But <laughs> like, did, did you get hit over the head? But I actually like now that we're getting close to crunch time, it was nice to see Mikheyev like uh, get a little uh, get a little fight in his heart. That's definitely something I love. But now I'm I'm like, OK, boys, like I don't want anybody to get hurt anymore. <laughs> yeah. now, I, me, the one who's advocating for fighting and I'm like, I'm on bean side now. I'm like, I don't want any other any unnecessary injuries. It's OK. Like, like I said, even we lost tonight. I was like, don't worry about it. I think my last point is uh, 
we're talking about Matthews and his injury. And um, I think it's just impressive that for someone who like it, 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 it like he took the, he took the time off. Right. So like, especially after seeing that slugfest in Tampa, you'd think like he might come back a little bit rusty, but uh, he won a lot of face offs tonight. And I think that means like that's, that only has like, that's a, that's a good sign. That's all I gotta say. That's, that seems like a really good sign that he still got it. Like he's not, he's not uh, got something debilitating at the very least. Yeah, Leafs won uh, 31 of over 26 for Florida for a face-off dot, so nice. Beaner, go ahead. Yeah, and to kind of touch on everything there, like with Mikheyev kind of getting into the rough stuff and Marner's diving block, like that's the kind of stuff you need to see from everybody, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we don't we don't normally think of those players for that type of play. So when you're starting to see it and at the right time of the year, it's awesome. And I'll be the first one to eat grow here because we're all ripping on Nylander all the time when it looks like he's having a lazy shift or something like that. The guy's in the top 35 in the league for points right now. Oh yeah. He can score. Nobody's saying he can't score. Yeah, but we're, we're not expecting him to fight. We're not. We already know he's not defensive. So, at the same, maybe I've been a little too harsh on him, and uh, I I can admit it. Career high in goals, career high in assists, points. The guys, as much as we rip on him, he has had a great year. He has, yeah. and I mean, it's like I said, I'll I'll stop ripping on him, and I don't give a shit about any of the lazy plays he's had over the last two months. If he can turn it on in the playoffs, that's all that matters. Yeah, even JT, who has been ripped on all year long, saying that he's not worth his value. This guy's still a point-per-game player as well and doing all of the right things. Uh, I know he was 47 on the dot tonight, but the other guys held up their own too. And, you know, Clifford 100%, Camp 60, Matthews 56, Blackwell 100. Leafs still edged with 54%, so that was nice. But, uh, yeah, it's... Everyone's pulling their weight, and they, they're getting serious. This is a different team. I'm a broken record, I realize, but this is a different team. They are. So let's wrap this up and move on to questions. OT was first dominated by Florida. Took a while for Toronto to get uh, possession of the puck, but they did eventually had a couple good chances. But, man, Bobrovsky, when he's on, he's on. You know, this is the thing. They keep running into these goalies that are – proven veterans or you know they've got the big deals because they've they've shown that they're consistent and that's something that you know as great as Campbell's been we haven't had consistency so we got our goal tended I think he gave up the first two goals and then after that like the guy came to play the guy made huge huge saves especially in overtime the one on the Elider was kind of nice and yeah he's still in quite a few times and when you got a backstop like that it lets the forwards and defensemen really, really play aggressively like Florida was doing. So, yeah, that's a huge confidence booster for them. Yeah, Beaner? Yeah, uh, it's definitely it was definitely the Vesna Bobrovsky like he was back in Columbus. But the one thing that I'm mainly taking out of this is the Leafs did play well for the majority of the game. Jack played awesome. Poppy looked great. Yep. And there's no three-on-three in the playoffs. Like, yep. I, I don't know why the Leafs can't seem to win a three-on-three overtime, but they can't. And there's none in the playoffs. And if you look at the stats with Florida and with Toronto, 
the Leafs still have more regulation wins than them. If you take away the five extra overtime wins the Panthers have over the Leafs, hmm. it'd be a lot closer than it is now. Yeah, and I mean, really, whatever happens in the playoffs is all that matters. It's like we said about the Tampa game. You're not going to get 116 penalty minutes in a playoff game. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to see five power play goals. Darty, go ahead. And uh, Beaner's point is about our um, offense and three-on-three and what it uh, it kind of goes to show that our defense does kind of um, pull, pull us, uh, like save our asses m- more than we, we care to recognize just because we play such a Blitzkrieg style offense that like, look at, like you said, Willie, Willie uh, goes for that, uh, goes for that shot, misses, and then six seconds later we're scored on, right? Like obviously we're not playing, if we're not playing three on three. That's not happening. We're going to have someone to hopefully, you know, take a rebound or be there, be prepared. Right. Um, I said because this, you know, we're so always we're always so our offensive minded players are so offensively minded, and that's why we pay them that much money. Because when the guns are shooting, all of a sudden the game's up six nothing, right? But you don't have you know these these guys. We've seen it time and time again. These guys are not the greatest when it comes to like you know coming back and actually playing some some defense. And and these other teams will take advantage of that, right? We definitely show that in the three on three. Um, last point about. Uh, yeah, we don't have Sergey Bubtitsky, but we definitely have Jack Soup Campbell. <laughs> and the thing is, is that like last game, obviously slu- huge slugfest. Um, I still love Shalgren. That's why I didn't want to pull him. That's why I didn't want to see any any anything. Um, I didn't want to see Jack in, obviously, because I don't want him involved in that crap either. But uh, like, do you guys think that we have a problem on our backup now? Like, is it actually become serious, or was that just an anomaly of a game? Because you know, I know we're we're on a different game now, and Jack, I said, Jack, we lost. Yes, but Jack played great, right? Like he, there's 40, 40 seconds of offense in this overtime where like he kind of bailed us out. Right. So. Yeah. Beaner. I, I don't think we have an issue with regards to Shalgren. Like how many videos are there out there of Patrick Wall hot dog in it? Thought he had the puck in his glove, lifted his glove up and then Iserman knocked it in or Broder dropping his stick and it deflects off his stick and in like even legends even goalies who people will know their names a hundred years from now have horrible games i'm not saying by any means that shalgren is going to be in the hall of fame but let him up on twitter it's a game (laughs) you yeah go ahead um you throw it out you take the tape from that game and you throw it out he didn't have a lot of help none of the goals were really clean so with regards to Shogren, I don't think we have too much to worry about. No. And I mean, as somebody, something and I saw him play in person in Ottawa, uh, I think he looked calm. He was, uh, it was pretty good to watch him. No, you said <laughs> that you're making a face. I, I, I think we've got huge problems with Shogren in that right now. This guy is not ready for what's happening. He, yeah. Like I said before on the other podcast, this is a Toronto Maple Leafs team that's coming into a huge playoff matchup and he's just not mentally ready for this he has not experienced anything like this before in his career he's the last four goal four games he's given up four plus goals he looks small he's been having problems tracking the puck so if we don't have jack campbell playing the way he did tonight we've got huge huge problems yeah um you know what i disagree that we got goalie tonight i you know, Bob was great, but 
I think the Leafs had so many great chances that could have easily been scored on him. I think the goals that came from Florida were simply because of stupid positional plays that ended up going the other way and guys didn't have their man or, you know, Barkov stripping the puck off someone or or Drew or Huberto. Like, for example, on, um, I believe it was the Barkov goal, it was an easy play by Marchman to just take that puck off Hall, who was pinching up the boards. And then on the power play, you know, well, it's the Florida power play. You can expect them to score at least one per game. But Jack Campbell, so solid tonight. The whole crowd was yelling soup all night long. Thank you, snowbirds. <laughs> but um, baby goalie, a.k.a. Schlongren and Prince Eric, he has a good record, obviously. Same with Jack. This is his first year playing as a starter. Um, we'll see tomorrow, right? I think we'll have a better opinion about it tomorrow overall. I'm I'm still confident in him, but after a game losing 8-1, tomorrow will be a real test for the guy. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. that. And just to be clear, I didn't say that we got goalied tonight. You I said, said in overtime tonight. we got. <laughs> I said we got out goalied in overtime. That's not the same as getting goalied. Okay, no, no, I, I just, just teasing you. Just I misheard you. A bunch of chances that they could have easily scored any of them, but Bobrovsky stole the show in yeah. overtime, and uh, Montour managed to bury one and end it. So that was it. And I heard we have twenty questions. We do. We have lots. And they probably will be okay. answered by us anyways, because these are the kind of questions we think about anyway. <laughs> yep. So, seventh rounder Engvall. Uh, sorry, I should start over. This is from Bobby Ghosh 98 Is seventh rounder Engvall actually good now and not just good enough? Also, uh, we'll say this playoff run is going to have the showcase. What? Also, we'll say this playoff run is going to have the showcase series for the league. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm just jumbling words reading quickly here. <laughs> it sounds like um, it was translated from French. Shush. <laughs> Seventh rounder Engvall, actually good now and not just good enough, is the main point here. Yeah, he's uh, good. Yeah, he's great. I love this giraffe and what he's become since January. For later. a third liner, he's a great depth piece. He's reliable. He could put up offensive numbers. He's reliable defensively. He's a big body. He's starting to use his body a lot more, too. So, yeah, for a third liner, you can't really ask for too much more. Oh, yeah. Beaner? Aside from praising Sandine and Lilligren, one of the few mm-hmm. things that I have said consistently on this podcast since the day I forced myself on here by not leaving you guys alone was that <laughs> Angval <laughs> wasn't just good enough and like a stopgap. He's Keith's safety blanket, and you can see why. Like it, you saw it a lot last year. He was used in all sorts of scenarios, and it wasn't an overuse like Babcock used to do with guys. Right? Like you need a goal in the playoffs, you're down, and you put a 42 year old Marlowe and Hyman with one knee out there. Like <laughs> he, he was used properly, and he's finally showing that hey. I've had a season and a half now at least of my coach having confidence in me. Let's play like I have confidence in myself and it's paying dividends huge. Yeah. Are you secretly a Swedish beaner? <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's half giraffe. Just, just asking. Engvall, Lilligren, Sandine, you know, just got a, got a thing for him. The, anyway. 
I was just going to say the Leafs have a history of having some really, really good Swedes. So started started back with Selming. Yeah. And they just, it's like we've talked about. I mean, when you have Selming and Sundin, it just makes hockey more popular there. They grow up liking the Leafs. They want to play there. So here we are. Artie? I was going to say, as a, as a, a former uh, stalker and uh, a guest collaborator of the show, just like Beaner, um, <laughs> I definitely concur with uh, with with Jay Bean, but uh, I have to say like, he is one of the most awkward looking fellows out there. Like no wonder we call him the draft. Like I was like, I got a couple good looks at him uh, this game that I, I don't normally just try to focus on Engvall. And I know you guys do. Cause you love your, <clears throat> your dra- <laughs> 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 you love your draft. But I was like, man, this guy's goofy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you just like, if you ever focus on him skating, sometimes he just looks a little, little strange out there but that doesn't reflect on the way he plays like he still plays like an absolute beauty and i'm noticing faces. it more yeah was that tough he has the best faces i just reminds me of a couple of uh snapshots i use in some twitter conversations i'll show you guys quickly one <laughs> but he always oh just looks so cartoony <laughs> and his face looks like a like a face randomized cgi app <laughs> yeah but i gotta say ingval easily one of the most improved leafs on this roster uh hands he, down yeah ex- top two easily maybe top three i know there's a lot of pros for others but so you go ahead I was going to say, one of the best compliments I can give him is like when you start to see the ice getting tilted against the Leafs, you'll see Keith throwing him out there and he can really, really calm the game down. So that's one of his best attributes right now. Safety blanket, like Bean says. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, I was just uh, with Steph showing that picture. That's a picture that came from one of the TikTok videos, right? Where they asked the questions as the Leafs are coming out for practice. Did anybody <laughs> see the compilation that they did with Mikheyev trying to avoid the questions? Yes. Absolutely finally. hilarious. He tries hiding behind it? his stick. One of them. The other one, he literally goes around the other side of the rink trying to find another way onto the ice and then he can't do it. And <laughs> he comes back around. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, every single question they've asked this year for TikTok and all those fun little videos coming onto the, you know, which actor would play you? Um, what's your favorite? This, that, that totally avoids every question, runs by the camera until they finally ask, what's your favorite kind of soup? And he's like, <laughs> amazing. He comes out, finally, finally. He's like, borscht. i know off topic just i had to when you showed that picture it jogged my memory yes oh that's good loved it so uh we got another one here from hockey night in canada not the hockey night in canada oh come on um why does campbell try to poke check on a two-on-one yeah this was kind of unfortunate so brandon montour's goal here campbell goes for a poke check and it was a little late he leaves the five hole open which uh Montour was able to take advantage of. Uh, yeah, it's either you got to go for it early enough that you can break up the, the play or just commit to making the save. And he kind of kind of hesitated. So unfortunately, there's a no man's land there. Yeah, <clears throat> you got to do it old school. And when you go for the poke check, just go right out and completely take the player out and everything. Yeah, one or the other. You got to commit. So uh, last one here from Sarwa. What were the defining moments in this game that would have flipped the result? I mean, it'd probably be in the second period. What do you think? 
specifically? It's tough to say. It's, I think the second where, hmm. Like for me personally, I think it's that penalty that Matthews took at the end of the first. Um, Florida's really good at shifting momentum. Even when they're down, they're really good about not giving up. So they were able to turn that into just an entire period of an onslaught. And I think if the Leafs were able to, um, in the third score on one of those rushes that they got, maybe that would have uh, stopped it. But I think that was kind of where things started to tip to Florida's edge. Yeah. Yeah, it just got a little messy and ping-pongy and all the things we don't Can we get room tone on that? <laughs> Ten seconds, please. <laughs> What was that? Was someone's window open? <laughs> it's like a plane flying through there. I don't know there. what that was. The you, know, you got a 747 in your house? <laughs> Continue, Steph. Um, uh, things I've already said before. It just got super sloppy, and it was hard. Like I got to say, yeah, the Matthews penalty, but I don't know. It, I thought they played an overall good hockey game, honestly. Uh, I'm just nitpicking because, you know, we do every single game. We have to nitpick, so... Go ahead. Uh, we got some dis. Oh, sorry, Beaner. Oh no, it, it's all good. I was just gonna say, um, if you go onto the fancy stats, and I know Darty's dying to find out. Oh, what the deserve to win a meter say? Well, first we had Matthews with uh, one point four nine expected goals, which Oof. is pretty good considering. And the team in general, the Leafs had a four point three expected goals compared to Florida's two point seven. Oh. So Bobby did steal the game for them. Yeah. And uh, Darty, 70.2% Leafs deserve to win that game. Damn. Okay. Sadie, what do you got? Um, one thing I think could have changed it is in the second period, obviously, they were a little flat, but their gap control was really bad. Between the faceoff dots and the top of their circle, they were letting Florida just cruise in there three on two all the time, four on three. Unimposed, yeah. the defense were on their heels. That's exactly how Marchman got between the two and they scored their first goal. And that was a huge, huge problem. But in the third, they closed that down, obviously. But uh, yeah, in the second, it wasn't looking too good there. Big, big problem with the gap control. Agreed. Darty? Oh, man, this deserved to win meter It's like, it's making me wonder if the most important thing we can pull from that is that in a seven-game series, if the Leafs keep this level of enthusiasm on the ice that if it's 70% for this game, I said, you you can carry that over for seven games. There's a chance you're going to win four of them. Am I wrong? <laughs> that's good. That's honestly, that's fair. Yeah. It means you're winning 70% of the time in this game. So over seven games, yeah, you're going to win the series. But my final point is that uh, I, I did have some praise for Jack Campbell, but then uh, listening to everything that we said, you know, sometimes you have a, a thought, you put a pin in it and then you forget about it. I'm, I did praise Campbell a lot, but I actually had a few points that maybe Beaner, because he also plays uh, in net, which is absolutely psychotic, <laughs> because he also <laughs> plays in net. Um, how well can you hear people whizzing behind you? Because I know I noticed that Jack has a bit of a delay, and if I was playing 2002 NHL hits, I'd be scoring every single time I went around the net on Jack because he leaves that that other side's gap open. Like he's expecting them to come back around. It, like it doesn't make any sense. What like maybe he can't hear, but you know because I I see it a lot where he'll he'll see guys going going to the left of him around the net and he'll stay on the left side and it's like 
they're probably coming back around the other side, bud. Like you probably want to either park yourself in the middle or take the other side. Cause there's a few risky shots. And like, we kind of did get out of the first period with, uh, you know, it, it was weird to say that we had, we had two goals to the, the Panthers when there was a lot of moments where we probably could have been behind that game in the first. And like Jack kind of got better at that, even though he did get scored on, but like, I don't know, like Bean, what do you think? I, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's hearing them, um, but the, the thing with NHL goalies is when it's their only job, they have the time and the effort to put in to research the players. So when we might look at it like, man, that doesn't look like the smartest play. Maybe that guy has a history of okay, he's been behind the net a hundred times, and eighty times he's faked it and stuck back to the same side, right? Like I'm not that in deep on all all the opposition players. And then with players actually going around the net with the size of some of them, they don't even have to continue skating and they can still tuck it in. Like it's so hit or miss. You just got to kind of trust your gut. And I'm sure that the defense or someone's yelling at them, some sort of code word or something for which side they think they're going. Can I just admire the cat pause? <laughs> yes. <their> call, which <laughs> is when you're mid thought and it's just the, <laughs> Because the cat walked in front, and it doesn't matter what's going on, you have to look at your cat, even though you've seen them forever. It's like, oh, cat. I apologize. He is like wild man right now, running all over the place, knocking stuff over. So it probably sounds horrible. I just thought being. Oh, no, I'm not hearing it. It's just funny seeing the tail going around in the background. And then as soon as it came around the couch, I was waiting for him to come across the camera. And I just hear you pause. I'm like, oh, it's the cat. Cat pause. (laughs) I just thought Beaner had a tail, you know? Like, I was like, man, we learn something new every day. Set the Yoda point to Beaner's point for sure. You got to do your homework and know your opponent's tendencies, but you really got to rely on your defense to talk to you about what's happening there. And I find not too often, but sometimes you'll see the D aren't really talking to Jack too much, so he might be kind of confused of what side they're going on. So, yeah, that might be one thing that's going on there. Fair, okay. So, uh, Abs on our Discord asks. Will the Leafs' lack of success in three-on-three translate to lack of success in OT in the playoffs? I think Beaner should answer this. Absolutely not. It will not translate to a lack of success in overtime in the playoffs because it's not in the playoffs. And you've, I've, I've heard a handful of different analysts mention it. Like, okay, yeah, it's fun, and it's something that you can criticize and critique throughout the course of a regular season. But when it comes to playoffs, it doesn't matter. As soon as the playoffs come, there's no three-on-three, there's no shootout. So yes, you can use them as tools to get to the playoffs to ensure that you're there. But when the time really matters, it's not a factor. And the Leafs have shown they have not had an issue scoring five-on-five this season. No, and I think they've been one of the best five-on-five, if not the best five-on-five team uh, the whole season. Sadie? Yeah, I completely agree with Beaner there. You don't play three-on-three in the playoffs. It's a regular season, not gimmick, but it's a good way to end the games quickly and it's exciting for the fans. But going into the playoffs, you really, really tighten up when you get into that OT, and that's where the real, real players start coming up. And I feel the Leafs have those intangibles right now. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not going to see, what was it, the Tampa-Columbus series where they went to six overtimes or something? Like, that just doesn't happen in... Mm in the regular season because it's a completely different type of hockey when you get into overtime yeah. in the playoffs. Darty? I just want to say, it will not. It's not true. It's bullshit. Oh, oh hi, it oh, is not. Oh, hi, Jack. 
<laughs> oh, good. Oh, hi, Jack. <laughs> uh, also from Abs, will Matthews end up getting 60? Uh, probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. I think I'll pot two in a game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got... Washington, and if it doesn't happen there, Detroit, and Leafs are going to score like seven goals on Detroit if all things go well, so it'll definitely happen there. Poppy likes playing the Red Wings. Oh, sorry, I'll jump on that one. (laughs) Ovi, I don't know if he's close to anything right now. Um, Beaner? He he just got his ninth 50-goal season to tie Gretzky and Bossy. Yep. Um, But aside from that, I think most of them are put away for this season until next season when he catches Mm Gordie Howe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one from RTT Doucette Do chickens have large talons? Derp. It's from Napoleon Dynamite Yes they do um, Then we got from, <laughs> from Cal- I thought it was funny I love that movie <laughs> Kelly Cartel says Your mom goes uh, to no college. bunts No bunts what now So I mean obviously we'll probably see Nylander on the first line and then Mikheyev on the second, I guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Do I mean, we... we're waiting to see how long until uh, Bunting comes back. But man, with, with him out and Kasha out, it's, it's tough. Do Bunting we... never really fares too well on the top line, though. I, I don't know if you see him there. No, I'm, but I mean, he was filling in there. He seems to always fill in there. But wh- who else do you put there? Like, I'd love to see... Mikheyev or well, I guess just Mikheyev there. Is yeah. this the time where you bring Robertson back in the mix? Dun dun dun. Ooh. Maybe. Ah. Yeah. Or does that Verzazes? <laughs> ah, there hey, it is. Nicholas A to Z. Nicholas Nikki Alphabets. Nikki Alphabet, yeah. That could be a, a good opportunity for him. Yo, Johnny. Yeah. I think we'll see Bunting at the office uh, looking for some chapstick because his lips hurt real bad. <laughs> oh idiot since steph so? brought up robertson yes please. sorry steph um he had a, another goal and assist yesterday as Ooh. the marlies beat laval to keep their playoff hopes alive Ew. and robertson is just absolutely on fire like the guy's got i believe it's 27 points in his last 25 games now so maybe call him up. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. him seeing him on a line with uh, Matthews and Marner. Well, that would be fun. I mean, honestly, it's the end of the season. It's pretty much a lock already at who you're playing, uh, especially if you're going to be playing Washington and Detroit and Boston, who's kind of eh lately. So yeah, why not try it out? See if it works. If one thing's out long term and it does work, great. You can ride it into the playoffs. To be his point, it's a confidence thing too. Like the guy's on fire right now. He's been called up a couple of times. He knows what it's like to be in the NHL. So maybe this is his time to really stick. Yeah. No, I I don't hate it at all. I think it's the only time. It's like we've talked about. He's he's not worth putting on the third or fourth line. So if you have nope. an opportunity to throw him on the first because Tada Bunting is out, why not? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the stat that popped on TV about Mikheyev's rush chance- chances? No. So, this is how much he's improved. I know I'm a little late on this topic, but I really want to say this. Mikheyev last year had 
44 rush chances, and guess how many he scored? Two. Uh, yeah, like three. One. <laughs> this year, he's had 37. What's the magic number? 19. Eight. <laughs> oh. Eight. So that's a dramatic improvement. We've been saying his stone, his stone hands have uh, dissolved, and yeah, <laughs> there's the stat to back that up. So yeah, right. he's good for him. Quickly playing his way to Toronto. Stone to Mark Stone. <laughs> Imagine. Speaking of Vegas, what in the world is going on there? Sorry, that was a horrible segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, honestly, what the fuck? So I, I got this. I was beside Sadi. And we were at work, and I was like, damn, Robin Leonard is getting season-ending surgery. That's it. And then less than 24 hours later, they're like, no, he's he's at practice. He's playing. Wait, what? What is up with Vegas? Why are they so bad at communicating? Like, we heard from uh, Frege, 32 Thoughts, basically what happened was that he was – something happened behind the scenes. He got mad. So they pulled him out of the game, even though he'd only let it one goal on 13 shots. And he said, fuck you guys, I'm getting surgery. I'm done with this season. And then I guess they talked him out of it behind the scenes. And he shows up at practice the next day. Like, <laughs> oh my God. If Vegas didn't have so many stars, they would be competing for like worst managed team in the league. For sure. Dirty. But I was just going to say, like, this guy's got, like, a history of, of mental, you know, health problems and differences. And he's got some issues, like, regardless of where we find him on the spectrum of, you know, what these issues are. And uh, Vegas, a place known for sin and <laughs> all sorts of debaucherous behavior. I feel like there's a lot of things that can go wrong in a place like that for someone like for someone like Leonard. But at the same time, because he's such a hothead, right? Like we don't really know what goes on in that locker room. But like, of all the place, like, of all the places, of all the times, like, it actually kind of makes sense for him to be like, you know, fuck it, I'm going back in, right? Like, it's it's like, if you're in a cold, frosty wasteland like Winnipeg, yeah, you might be like, you know what, I'm probably going to go through that surgery because there's really nothing better to do. But like, <laughs> say I'm like, you know, the the guy that's got to go talk Leonard back into playing, like. I can I can almost imagine a scenario where Robin Leonard is having breakfast at a strip club and a guy just walks in and Leonard just turns to him and goes, Oh, what did I say yesterday? Nah, I'm I'm playing. I'm fucking playing. <laughs> like uh, I said what yesterday? Oh <laughs> Jesus, no, wipe that. I'm coming to practice, guys. I was just angry. This kind of reminds me of I don't know if you folks ever seen the show, um, the the new version of the show, Lethal Weapon, which is no longer on the air, but it did come out a while back. Um the the main the main character that he's kind of like a little bit of a loose cannon and uh has you know kind of a human ha- hazard to his own health and i kind of just get the same vibe from from leonard is that like like yeah he's got a couple of screws screws loose but ultimately he he is an athlete and he is a good athlete and you know it's hard to like i don't like I said we don't really know what's going on physically let alone mentally with the guy but you know it's hard to stop anyone from playing right if he actually does want to play there you know if he didn't want to play he would not be playing. That's it. Like that's the kind of personality he is. So he wants to be out there clearly. No, yeah. fair enough. And uh, I just got to say, Steph, we're going to, I'm sorry for this, but today's code word is sin. 
because uh, as Darty said, Sin, Steph muted her mic to take a hit of her vape. And I think that is so funny. Thank you, Bean, for catching that and letting us know in our chat. So today's code word is Sin. And what is the code word for, Steph? The code word is for a Austin Matthews home jersey, an Adidas jersey at that. It's a good one. So, yay! Not one of the ones sold on Fanatics, which if we had more time we'd get into, I guess we'll touch on that next episode. What, quality versus, like, you know, brand differences kind of thing? Or what's the... Well, it's oh, no, it the NHL the lawsuit. Is, is it yeah. authentic? Yeah, it's this whole authentic versus replica okay, lawsuit. Okay, anyway, Steph, enough. continue. Yes, so all you have to do with the word sin is DM to any one of us. Uh, maybe not Beaner, because he doesn't really check Instagram. <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, Johnny or I, or Darty Brodeur, who's pretty popping on Insta, um, message us the code. We'll give you one entry into our draw. But don't panic. There's other ways for more. All don't you have panic. to do is share an episode for an entry or leave us a rating and review. And we'll add your name down for another entry. And we'll collect Ooh. all the entries from last episode all the way up until after the Boston game and announce live the winner after playoff game number one. But only if it's a five star review, because if you leave us a one star, I ain't giving you shit, boy. <laughs> we'll find you uh, alright so uh, with that Beaner you can close us off for the night um, I just wanted to give a shout out to unfortunately another legend that left us too soon um, he was before all of our times but we all know who he was because his name just kind of transcended time like you think of the Habs and one of the first names you think of is Guy Lafleur. And the guy had seven straight 50-goal seasons. He took three seasons off after he first retired and then came back and just started playing again. And this is a guy who would smoke like a pack of cigarettes a day. (laughs) In between periods. Without a helmet. Absolute legend of the game. Um, Great ambassador for the sport. Great ambassador for the Habs. I know this is a Leafs cast, but he he is definitely worth mentioning. His last two years in Major Junior, he had 103 and 130 goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gretzky yeah. vibes. The the guy was absolutely incredible and definitely gone way too soon after uh, a battle with lung cancer. So condolences to Lafleur's family and friends and all the Habs fans out there. It's been. A bad enough year on the ice for you, let alone this. This is definitely not what anybody wanted to hear. Hundred percent, Darty, go ahead. Us uh, Anglophones, we referred to him as the flower. I know we like to call. Uh, uh, there's another flower in the league now, but they did. We did uh, used to call uh, Lafleur, you know, as his name, the flower. But uh, <clears throat> he was also en français, uh, le démon blond, because of his oui. amazing flow classic 70s you know balding at the temples but still got it flow (laughs) and uh no no bucky either absolutely just out there (laughs) i said even when he came back uh he still rocked the hair no 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 concern for his health obviously still smoking that pack of darts every day and uh i said we were talking about um mike bossy on uh our podcast and 
I, I, I'm pretty sure I brought up Guy Lafleur as one of the names, right? Like my, my dad said, doesn't, doesn't really watch hockey that much every now and then he'll come just to chirp me. Cause he knows it's an easy chirp and I'll start to rage. But anytime he talks about hockey players, he said Mike Bossy and Guy Lafleur are the first two names that comes, comes to his mind. And so it was like hard for me even to like, as soon as Lafleur went, I was like, God damn it. Like <laughs> I don't even want to <laughs> say people's names anymore. I don't want to lose them. Right. Cause these are, mm-hmm. they, they were living legends. Yeah. hundred percent. I know I keep fire. saying that, but hundred percent. Um, and just because this is a Leafs podcast, a little fun note that I learned on uh, Dangle's show is that once the relationship with Montreal fell apart, um, Gil Fleur was offered a million dollars to go and play for the LA Kings alongside Wayne Gretzky. And he said, you know what? Nah, I'm going to go play for the Quebec Nordiques because that'll piss off Montreal more. <laughs> and I think that is fantastic. <laughs> Right. Callies. All right. So remember, uh, anybody you want to finish this off here before I sign off? This day in hockey? Yeah. Uh, Beaner. Um, I'm just going to give a shout out to Isaac Howard. So the under 18 national champion or uh, world champion right now. And Canada got spanked today, 8 3. And a certain U.S. player. Isaac Howard had four goals and an assist. So this kid's got uh, 33 points in 28 games last year and 37 and 27 this year for the U.S. National Development Program. So a prospect to keep your eye on for the next couple of years. Also, speaking of prospects, shout out Owen Power scored his first goal. And Steph, Maddie Beneers might have been the best pick up going into this championship damn this kid's on fire eh? speaking of this guy uh he's the first rookie to debut with an expansion team in its inaugural season and to record a point in each of his first four games since with the club since bernie johnston in 78 and and 80 so he just he could have tied gretzky with six games but unfortunately, tonight he didn't record the point. So, but still breaking records either way. And yeah, what a dominant president presence on the ice. Uh, the highlights I've watched, anyways, I'm I've been really impressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad Seattle has at least one thing to hold on to for next year as they completely start over from scratch. So, really wish good. he uh, continued that streak tonight, though, because Seattle fucked me and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Pavelski scored a goal in that game and it got waved off, so I'm pissed too. Darty, what's up? We're obviously over time, so I just maybe uh, last point here is that uh, I did want to bring up because it's looking like uh, they called up Dahlstrom, so maybe the problems with Muzzin are a lot worse or exactly as I expected. And uh, maybe this will shine some light into things. Um, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning kicked nashville's ass six two with brian elliott in net gee wouldn't it have been nice to use that 5.5 million for someone like brian elliott <sighs> what about nostra dirty nostra dirty what about hutton dirty carter hutton has like not played since the leafs acquired him has he i did ask him about his stats i did ask him he's like not playing yeah. Is he in the Marlies right now, or what's the deal? He he did fly to Toronto, and he is down with them, but he's not playing right now. Um, uh, Hutchinson played yesterday, and D'Agostini backed him up. I'm not sure who's going to play tomorrow, but we'll find out. 
Of all the biggest old yeller candidates, Hutchinson has to be that guy. I'd rather Huddy there than him. And Darty, uh, they only called Dahlstrom up, so uh, Spezza has a popcorn eating buddy up in the press box, didn't you know? He was lonely. Where's Carlton? Come on. Like... He's with the fans. He's busy. Carlton's back in Toronto. I would like oh, to yeah, have true. a mascot on the road. I don't know. Probably cool guy. All right, so so tomorrow night at seven against uh, Washington, but we will be skipping that one for a show. We'll be back on Tuesday after the the Detroit game. Sound good, everybody? Sounds good. Cool. So we'll be back. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to send us the code word SIN. Leave us a rating. Retweet the episode. If you're listening to it right now, retweet it. It's easy as that. You'll be entered. We've got a list going. We're going to draw it live. Everything Steph told you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And tune in for more hot Marty Zilstra content.